in your Bibles to Psalm 146. We're going to read that right away. As we prepare our hearts for communion. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose help is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. As I was thinking about this psalm this week, I was reminded of the concept of trust and about what that means. While I was doing this, I remembered a story that we read when we went to New York a few years ago about Charles Blondin, a Frenchman in the 19th century. If you've never heard of Blondin, he was one of the earliest tightrope walkers who began stringing a rope between two chairs at the age of four and walking across them. As he grew, of course, so did his stunts. And it was Blondine who came up with the idea of stringing a rope across Niagara Falls and walking across it, which he did in June of 1859. He did this so effortlessly that he performed subsequent trips across, doing it blindfolded, doing it on stilts, even carrying a small stove and making an omelet one time. <laughs> a little show-offy, I think, but whatever. One time he famously pushed across an empty wheelbarrow, and when he got to the end, to the spectators on the other side, he asked how many of them thought that he could do it again with someone in the wheelbarrow. They all cheered, woo and then he said, who would like to volunteer? Nobody did that. Later that summer, though, he did cross Niagara with another person. But instead of being in a wheelbarrow, he was on Blondine's back. I know everyone is like, what? That person was his manager and promoter, Harry Collard, who backed up his claims with his client with action. This picture, I think, is such a good one for how it is that we put our trust in God. That we jump on his back and he effortlessly carries us across the gorges and the rushing rivers of life. It might be frightening at times. People might think that we're crazy. But life with God means that we are willing to put all that we are on all of him. And he carries us. So I encourage you to keep this picture in your mind today as we study. The psalm begins with praise, which is fitting. The writer starts by honoring God. Praise the Lord, they say. Praise the Lord. A big part of faith in God is being able to offer praise. 
Even when life is not going well, when there is unspeakable tragedy or overwhelming change or unrelenting circumstances, that leaves us reeling. To praise God is to call attention to his glory in our lives, to look up, to look at who he is instead of who we are or what's going on around us. The psalmist says that they will praise God with their soul. I love this part. How important it is to praise God with our very souls, not just with our mouth, not just with the things that we know to say, but with our souls, because God is the one who has fashioned our souls for his praise. When we worship him and praise him in our souls, our souls find rest. We are at home. We find refreshment when we praise him and thank him, when we think about his blessings to us. We are filled deep within when we breathe in and allow our souls to think about him. The psalmist says, praise the Lord. What in your life can you stop and give God praise for right now? The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians encouraged us to think about what is good and right and true and honorable and lovely and praiseworthy. Here it is the same. We are not just to offer words, but really a tangible expression, lifting up the Lord with our soul. That is our covenant with him. The psalmist says, I will praise the Lord with all I am for all of my life. I will praise the Lord every day of my life. As long as I live, every day I will praise. I thought to myself, that is a strong resolve. If someone asked us, tell me something you plan to do every single day of your life until you die. You might say something like, well, I'm going to breathe. Yes, okay. I'm going to exercise. I'm, I'm going to love somebody. I'm going to eat ice cream. I'm going to laugh. Would we say, I'm going to praise God every day? I was convicted about this this week. I don't know that that would have been one of my answers. I'm going to praise God every day with all that I am. The writer goes on and then says, do not trust in princes. Do not trust in people who are in high authority or power. It doesn't say not to trust them. It says, do not put your trust in them. Do not put all you are in your greatest needs. Don't trust yourself to someone in this life. Don't elevate someone above who you are and who God is. No human deserves that kind of honor. Not politicians who promise fantastic things. Not spiritual leaders who have your best at heart. Not those that you think can give you what you want in this world. Part of that is the point. Because princes have influence and power and funds and networks. And sometimes we hold on to those kinds of people in hope that they can give us what we crave. In Hebrew, the word is patron. And the idea seems to me that someone who supports us in some way. And the psalmist says, don't put your confidence in what you can get in this life because it won't last. No one can give you the ultimate fulfillment. 
Those people die, they retire, they, they move on, they surely disappoint. And verse 3 says something interesting. They cannot save you. Do all of our desires stem from a need to be saved? Save from pain and trouble. Save from suffering. Please help me. Save me so I don't have to do this myself. But we can't look to anybody else to save us. Because when they're gone, then what do we do? The psalmist says, put your confidence in God above all others. And you get the sense when you read this that they know from experience that there is one source of strength that never diminishes, that God is our rock. These words are not from an idealist writer who doesn't have any idea of pain. When you read it, you understand that they, they know that life can be unfair and full of misery. But they said the Lord will act on behalf of those who are downtrodden, on behalf of humanity especially when there are great burdens and there doesn't seem like there's a way out. God will not forget those who trust in him. God is our maker. God is just. God is compassionate. He alone has the power to bring about change. He is holy. Everyone is welcome in his kingdom. No one is forgotten or left out. All of humanity will pass away. And the Lord will stand firm forever. When we consider the greatness of God, it makes us wonder why we put our hope in anyone else or anything else. That's why the psalmist always gives praise, because they have learned that God will always be there. They remember his faithfulness, and they resolve then again to trust him again, to praise him again, even when they can't see it. Corey Ten Boom, the Dutch Christian who helped save many Jews in World War II, and whose whole family was imprisoned for their efforts by the Nazi, has a great, powerful quote about trust. She said, When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. Another good picture about trust. This quote reminds us to stay the course because God is faithful. God is strong. He knows where the train is going. These words have had me thinking this week about who we trust and why. Because trusting someone is always a risk. Why do you trust the people in your life that you trust? How do you decide who it is that you're going to trust? Who do you choose to put confidence in? Is it based on how you instinctively feel? Are you someone who trusts easily? Or do you slowly wade into the trusting waters? But the answer we know of those we tend to trust have consistencies. We trust people who are kind and who will not harm us in any way. We trust those who are vulnerable with us. We trust those who love us. We put our trust in those who have integrity, who treat us with respect and dignity. We trust those who don't have an ulterior motive, For us believing in them. Trust is earned by degrees. We trust those who are humble and who seek to be teachable in their spirit. Communion is the time where we put our ultimate trust again in God. Who came in the flesh. Who became vulnerable for us to die on our behalf. Because when we read this, we realized that it is not the they, that it is we, the psalmist is talking about. 
because we are the blind and we are the hungry. We are the oppressed that God reaches out to so that we might have hope. We are the orphans who need a father to adopt us. We are the ones who were estranged from God and in his great mercy, he paid the price and encircled us with his care. When we come forward to take the elements, we are declaring our trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins and everything that we are. Communion is a sacred moment where we stop again to examine our hearts. And today, as you spend time in prayer and contemplation, I encourage you to think about the trust in your life. How are you trusting God in this season? Are you putting your trust in places where it should not be? Is there a correction that God needs to make? How are you trusting him across the gorge? How are you trusting him in the dark tunnel? And this time, I I want you to speak to God about your fears or situations that are enclosing in on you. And pray for someone you know who's having a hard time with trust. E.M. Bounds, who is a prolific writer on prayer, says this. Trust always operates in the present tense. Hope looks toward the future. Trust looks to the present. Hope expects. Trust possesses. Trust receives what prayer acquires. So what prayer needs at all times is abiding and abundant trust. Let's put our trust in the Lord today.